well, we're back with a uh, revamped and um, better looking version of the <laughs> the round by round boxing podcast, only because our our main man Vlad is here with us. Um, I'll let you let you introduce yourself, but of of RingTV.com fame, of round by round boxing fame. And you'll probably see him um, gushing over your favorite fighter on Instagram. That is true. That is true. But I do want to point out that, um, well, the very first thing I ever ever wrote about boxing was for a Russian publication in New York. But the first was the first English thing I wrote was for round by round boxing. So you gave me you gave me a start. You're one of the first really, ones. yeah. Now you did send me a release that you know was very official. I needed to <laughs> twice, and you were very particular about it, Alex. But uh, yeah. Yeah, I love round by round boxing. We love you, man. I appreciate it. Um, you always keep me on my toes and I love your perspective, which is why we're here. Um, we have a, a special guest coming up, uh, a little surprise later on too. So it'll be cool. While the casual, I'll call them the casual fan, is not super interested in the David Benavidez ronald Ellis fight. I think that is a good fight. I like Ronald Ellis. He's been on Showbox 6,000 times and now he's, you know, on Showtime. Where does you know, David Benavides stand in your mind and in your eyes, uh, you know, at the top, the cream of the crop of 168. Well, first of all, let's applaud the guy because you have to. The guy made weight uh, with a half pound to spare. Uh, I, I like David Benavides a lot. I like him in the division. He, he's a big kid. He's going to outgrow the division. Um, mark my words, David will fight as a heavyweight before his career is over. Uh, just naturally, that's the, his body's built that way. He has the room for it. Um, He's a great fighter and he's got speed, you know, for me. And I think a lot of fans, you know, um, if you show like so quote unquote casual boxing fans, we've shown that clip with David Benavidez fighting Porky Medina. And then I mean, that's video game stuff. Mm -hmm. um, I like uh, I like him. And, uh, you know, I, I you know, maybe maybe you might want to do a prediction show one day. But I, I like David Benavidez by stoppage uh, tomorrow night. Um, he's hungry. He has to talk. Um, I don't like to talk about the Canelos and the Charlos when, when you have fights in front of you. Um, it, it could be distracting. Um, he's got to do it because he's trying to get himself in position for a fight. The Charlo fight could be made because of the alliances, obviously, with Heyman. Um, I, I like him in the 68 division. I just think he's, he's too big for it um, if he can continue making weight. And the only thing we don't know is we don't know what the weight cut was to get to 167 and a half. We'll see tomorrow. If he can make the weight, He's such a gifted fighter. Like I said, I like him by stoppage tomorrow. Uh, I agree Ellis is a great fighter and he's not coming to lay down, but he, he will he will be stopped whether he lays down or the ref will get in, in the mix. He's a fantastic fighter. And there's a reason why guys don't want to call him out or fight with him when they don't have to. And so, you know, you lose your belt, all the better for Canelo because now he's like, oh, quick path. I'm going to skirt him and go ahead and fight for that vacant title. To me, David Benavidez is much more dangerous for Canelo than, than Caleb Plant. Um, Sweet Hands is a gifted fighter, very gifted fighter. Um, I don't know that he hurts Canelo. He can outpoint Canelo for a while if he doesn't get clipped with anything. I mean, Amir Khan was outpointing um, mm -hmm. Arislandi Lara was outpointing um, Canelo. Floyd Mayweather outpointed Canelo. And um, Sweet Hands absolutely can and will for a few rounds outpoint them. And maybe, um, you know, BJ does it in a few months if, if the fight happens. I just don't know with Billy Joe. But I just think David Benavidez is a problem. You know, you have to look at Canelo the way that they're approaching their fights. I mean, you know, they targeted, let's say, Koval. They didn't target a better VF, obviously, right? So they are going to be careful. I, I, I don't know that. Canelo wants to see 
um, Benavides. I think Benavides is a problem because Benavides has the speed to, to, to give uh, Canelo problems and, and Benavides has the power to turn out anyone's lights. But I don't mind the talk. What I mind is like, oh, Caleb Plant is scared to fight me. Oh, Canelo is scared to fight me. I mean, if you look at their path, and, and we talk about this a lot just from like economics and, and just like the promoter standpoint, uh, from a fan's perspective, of course, you want to see them fight everybody. But it's just like boxing doesn't work like that. Um, and especially if they want a title, and <laughs> they're, they're both saying, you know, we want to unify. We want to be undisputed. I mean, there's a, a direct path now to that, you know, Canelo beats Saunders and then guess what? There's only one more fight to make. And so Benavidez, unfortunately, is on the outside looking in. I, I do tend to agree with you that I say that he stops um, Ronald Ellis and it'll be impressive because, you know, like I said, that guy's tough. Brandon, congratulations on a phenomenal performance. Thank you. That, that actually was the punch heard around the world, because I don't know if you know, but you, you made it into publications all over the world. Yeah, really? Really, absolutely, yeah. It was, uh, it was sensational. That's pretty cool. Yeah, thank you. That's pretty cool. Yeah, so we let's just jump right into it. I appreciate you joining us, especially uh, so fast after your fight. You know, most guys are like, ah, I want to want to relax a little bit. I want to enjoy the victory. Uh, Brandon was like, cool, yeah. let's let's jump on. Um, so you're the talk of the town right now, and I find it really funny because we interviewed you. I set you up um, with one of our writers, Hans, uh, and we spoke with you a couple weeks prior to your fight. And one thing that stood out to me was you saying, you know, I, I don't want to talk much. Um, I want to do my talking in the ring. And, and some people had an issue with that. And, you know, I got a lot of like comments and, and DMs and people are like, this kid's not going anywhere if he's not going to talk shit. This is this is how it goes nowadays. But you put, you know, the kibosh on that. You you did all your talking in the ring. You knocked the dude out cold. Yeah. Um, and Samuel Tia is not a slouch. So um, how does it feel now that you kind of just backed up what you were saying? And you're like, look, I'm going to I'm going to do my talking in the ring. You know, I can care less because at the end of the day, uh, what did Roger Mayweather say? You don't, you, you don't know shit about boxing. So they don't know shit about boxing and they're, they're critics. That's their job to, you know, just talk shit all day and um, act like they know what they're talking about and act like they know what boxing is. Brandon, I, a lot of fighters say that um, if you look for the knockout, it probably won't come. Um, yeah. But if you, if you stay with your game plan, uh, the knockout then might come. Um, you know, you're, you're, you're mature in the ring, but you're still, you're still a young man. Do you, do you hunt for a knockout like that? I mean, what, what's the real story? Um, you know, fighting Sam too, I knew he was a tough veteran. Um, I knew that he's never been dropped. He's never been stopped before. So I knew that he could take a punch. So, um, you know, the first two rounds, I wasn't loading up. I was just winning the rounds, touch him here, touch him there. And, um, pretty much baiting him. I was baiting him and setting him up for the big punch. And uh, that's exactly what I did. And I executed it. Nice. Now I'm going to um, ask you a little bit about something that Showtime and the commentary team started talking about after your victory and was like, is this kid ready? Like for the next step up. And so you're so young. Um, I believe it was either uh, Tompkins or Raul Marquez is saying that you can't hold him back just because he's young. Um, and it seems like you're, you're getting to that point. It's like your, your pedigree and your, your ability is now, you know, beyond your years. So for you, what do you see like as your next step and what do you want to be your next step? You know, for me personally, um, 
I like to get the IBO world title. We just got the IBO Intercontinental, so maybe I like to get the IBO world title by the end of 2021. Um, but then at the end of the day, it's all to my manager, Cameron Duncan. And I will say a storied uh, manager as well. He's he's led a lot of of big names for people who don't know behind the scenes. Cameron Duncan is when you say Cameron Duncan, you listen. You know what I mean. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. like you said, yeah, you're, yeah you, you're smart in that sense. So, Brandon, last year the world changed uh, with the pandemic, and and your 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 industry and your business has changed. But you fought four times last year, which is like unheard of. A lot of boxers didn't fight at all. Um, yep. How did you stay so busy? And do you now do you have that same expectation to fight four times this year? Um, you know, it's funny you said because, like again, all thanks to Cameron Duncan. Um, the reason why I fought four times is because of Cameron Duncan. You know, he made it happen, and uh, all those fights were on Showtime and Showbox. So I'm very grateful for that. And, you know, this year I plan on fighting um, definitely, most definitely two more times, uh, if not three more times by then, by the end of the year. So in, t- in terms of um, your performance, how did you, how would you grade it, uh, you know, outside of like the, the show-stopping knockout? But how did you think, you know, before that, how you were doing? I think I was doing all right. Um, of course, you know, I got touched with some punches, unnecessary punches, uh, like two right hands, a jab. But other than that, um, I look good. Um, speed was there. My counter punching was there. Uh, I didn't look desperate, and um, I look. I I didn't react. I didn't get upset when he hit me. So I think uh, overall, I gave myself like a C plus. I, and I got to mention, I love the Showbox platform, man. Uh, guys like you are what it's all about because we see that progression. You know, people get to know you. Um, once you get to that big stage on Showtime and Showtime Championship Boxing, um, we've already seen you a number of times. I think tomorrow Ronald Ellis is a good example of that. He's, <laughs> we were joking earlier, Vlad, Ronald Ellis has been on Showbox like a thousand times. But, you know, f- for that reason, we know who he is. I mean, he's a good fighter. Um, and so regardless of if you stay unbeaten or not, it's just like you get to see these guys progress. So uh, it's been fun watching you thus far, and we're, we're looking forward to see you continue to grow. Brandon, so you're trained by your father. Uh, so you're, you're, if I know, if I get it correctly, your father's Korean, your mother uh, is Mexican descent. Uh, would you say that even though you're trained by your father, is is your boxing style from like one culture or another? Any, you know, we always heard like, you know, Mexican style. Is there any Mexican style in your in your boxing or any Korean style in your boxing? Um, no, I feel like when it comes to boxing, um, as far as skill wise, boxing is boxing. Um, now, when you're talking about heart, I think it's a little different. Um, it's different by, you know, the, the Mexicans don't die in the ring. You know, they have the bull, the balls of a bull. The Koreans don't die in the ring. Um, I mean, look at Chavez. I mean, he's willing to die in the ring. Like, look at, uh, there's been, a, I think there's been two Asian fighters who have actually died in the ring for boxing. So, um, you know, if I if I ever have to go to war, we can go to war. Um, are you a boxing fan? Because we got some good fights coming up. Just wanted to get your opinion on what's going on tomorrow. Yeah, of course I'm a boxing fan. Come on. I, mean, I don't know, man. No, you know, you'd be surprised. Some guys you talk to, and, and they'll be, and I don't know if it's them playing coy or they're like, eh, I don't watch boxing. I don't know who's in the top ten. But I'm glad to hear you say well, that. Well, all right. So I'm a I'm a um, I'm a I'm a beginner. Uh, not a beginner. I'm an average boxing fan. I'm not a diehard boxing fan. <laughs> okay. So I only watch, here we go. I only watch boxing like 
the big names, like, you know, Ben Diaz or, you know, Boots or um, Pacquiao, Mayweather, all them. Interesting. <laughs> So, so Brandon, you know, we uh, we were looking forward to speaking to you, uh, and and we actually prepared. We we wanted to be you know prepared to speak to you, and so it could be a good experience for you and and for viewers. So we got into a debate, and I said, you know, why don't we ask Brandon his opinion on the fights this weekend? And Alex is like, well, what if Brandon doesn't watch boxing? And I was like, then ask <laughs> yeah. him about Netflix, and he maybe ask him about his favorite Netflix show. And um, it's interesting yeah. he said that you know that um, you like boxing, but you may not watch every fight. So would you watch yeah. the fights this weekend? Would you would you watch Chuck Latito against Estrada? Does that I would watch that. I would watch that because you know those are two little uh, two little firecrackers going at it. So um, definitely tune in to that. Do you, do you know anything about their first fight? It was a, it was a long time ago. I do. Estrada won, right? Or Chuck Latito won. Chuck Latito won, right? Yep. Um, I don't know. I, I know they threw a lot of punches. I know that. Yeah. Do, do, you, do you have a pick in the fight tomorrow? No, I don't. Uh, when, it, when it comes to fights like the, the guys I don't know really, um, I kind of become more of a fan than, oh, you know, I pick him, I pick him. Um, it's just I'm just sitting there to watch the sport kind of. Uh, unless I kind of know the guy, and then, of course, you know, I'm going to pick someone but on on a personal level i don't know either either of them so um which boxer have you personally met that you're also like a big fan of that you kind of geek out a little bit like oh my god i, you know, I can't believe i'm meeting this guy uh i mean i'm not no damn fanboy now but you know my boy <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know my boy boots you know of course um that's my boy and uh you know i i already have him on one of my top top five pound for pounds Right. I remember you saying that to Hans in the written interview we did with you that Boots, you got him up there on the pound for pound list. And shout out to Boots. He's got that tough test coming up against Lipinets. Um, Since we're on the topic of, of Jerani, and it's like, how do you see that fight going? He's just been running through everyone. You know, the same thing that they did to me. You know, a lot of people are saying that I was fighting nobodies and that um, Santia was going to take me to deep waters and drown me. So I think same uh, different opponents, same results. So I think Boots is going to be do the same thing. Different opponents, same results. He's going to keep, he's going to keep on doing what he does best, going in there and uh, outclassing his opponent every way he can. I got to ask you one uh, one curveball question because you come from, a, like I said, we were saying before, a unique background, the Korean and the Mexican. If you had to pick cuisine, food, who's got the better food? Are we talking man. kimchi and, and the Korean food? Because they got some bomb-ass food. Korean yeah, food or Mexican man, that's, food? That's hard. That's way too hard for me. Um, I most definitely eat Korean. I most definitely eat Mexican food um, way more than Korean food because where I live in the Coachella Valley, there's there's a lot more Mexicans than Koreans, so we ain't got that many uh, Korean restaurants out there. But uh, if I had to pick one, shit, I might just choose Mexican because you know the tacos, burritos, sopas, you know all that. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Or, or you could do a, you could do a mix. Sometimes they fuse them together. That's, that's even. Yep, yep. Like, uh, bulgogi tacos or something. Yes, yes, for sure. Yeah, fellas, can we get back to boxing for a second? Um, <laughs> <laughs> Brandon, uh, I'd love to know. Um, does power come like naturally, or can someone build power to be a knockout puncher? Because I, I really believe you need to be born.
born with power, he needs to be born with speed. Well, you know, a lot of the talk right now is with Telfimo and Triller, and it seems like the boxing landscape is, is really changing. Um, you know, whether or not we want to say it's a good thing or a bad thing, that's a different conversation. But we, we do know that it's changing the way people are covering boxing, the way that social media has such a presence. Um, what do you think are some of maybe the things that we can expect in the future? Like, will YouTube boxing be such a big thing? Um, or will Hopefully we? Hopefully not. <laughs> Hopefully you're not, not. I mean, you're not a fan of the Jake Pauls? No, nah, come on, man. I mean, the damn YouTubers need to stick to YouTube and let the box look. The boxers do the boxing. Um, they're disrespecting the sport, and people are saying that yeah, they're bringing in new fans. No, they're not, because you know my my coach uh, he took his son to go watch to go watch the YouTubers fight uh, when Devin Haney fought. Like mm -hmm. was it last year I think or two years ago? And uh, he told me that everyone was on their phone. Until Logan Paul fought or Jake Paul fought. So they don't care about boxing. They just want to go out there and have a good time and, you know, act like act like they're in the boxing scene. Very interesting. Yeah, because that's not something that you hear often. I, usually when people are making the argument, it's, oh, you know, more eyeballs. But, okay, what are those eyeballs doing? Are they really paying attention? And are, do yeah, they really exactly. want to watch boxing? Because, you know, it's one thing to go in there like a WWE event and you just want to see some guy get clubbed over the head. That's not always what happens in boxing. <laughs> you know, like knockouts yeah. aren't, aren't always what happens. It's, it's a good point. Vlad, what do you say to that? Um, well, I mean, I don't know. I mean, I, I, that's, I, I kind of was feeding into the narrative. Like if people want to get in the ring and risk their life and fight and somebody wants to pay for it, then, you know, let it be. But um you know, one of the things I learned about Brandon, you know, through you, Alex, is, you know, Brandon doesn't talk shit and Brandon doesn't call people out and Brandon, um, you know, just does his talking in a ring. But I have to ask Brandon, in, like in your business, Brandon, in your weight class, you've got two guys who are going to fight at 140. They're both world champions. And I think it's fair to say that whoever wins that fight at the moment, probably the top dog at 140. So in your professional opinion, who wins between Josh Taylor. Josh Taylor because, you know, light on his feet, good boxer, good puncher, good defense, uh, softball. And you got Jose Ramirez just come forward, you know, volume puncher. Nice left, nice left hook. Nice left hook to the body. Um, but, you know, I, if I had a bet, I'm betting money on Josh Taylor. Ooh, interesting. All right, all right. I like it. I like it. That's a bold pick. Who, who, do, you, who do you have? Well, you know, it's funny because when you look at the last appearance, like I felt that Victor Postal gave uh, Jose Ramirez everything he can ask for. Uh, I think Ramirez yeah. gutted out the victory, but it was tough. And I, I just, I love Josh Taylor's dog. He's got a dog in him. Yeah. Yeah. How about you, Alex? No, Vlad, that was very uh, PC. You didn't say who you think is going to win. <laughs> I, I'm going to, I'm going to go with the champ and I'm going to go with Josh Taylor. <laughs> Okay. They're they're both the yeah, okay, okay. You're going with, with Brandon, Brandon Lee. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. I'm gonna go with what Brandon Lee said, uh, because Brandon Lee knows boxing and I'm gonna go with Brandon Lee. Well, Brandon okay, so I'll ask you both this. So Jose's um response to his I'll say quote unquote poor performance against Pastel. Pastel was tough, but he said, you know, it was a different environment. Brandon, you could speak to this because you were one of the first ones that fought without fans. Um, yeah. you know. And so, like, is it a big deal? Does it feel more like sparring? And does it really mess with your psyche that you don't have, like, those fans, um, you know, making noise and, and making it at that big event? 
you know, it, it definitely does make a difference. Um, I remember back in last year when I when I fought with no fans for the first time, mm-hmm. I had reporters asking me, is it going to make a difference? I, so, no, it's not going to make a difference. You know, it's a fight. I'm going to go in there and do my thing. And I lied. Uh, I went in there, and um, it was just like, not like, it wasn't awkward, but it was like, fuck, like, it's kind of like a sparring, like, um, it's like a sparring. You can hear everything. Um, your adrenaline is not pumping. So, uh, just like a sparring. It's funny, though. I think that was the fight that the guy didn't even hit you. Like, <laughs> so that was a good sparring session. Yeah, <laughs> Yeah, I remember. I'm like, man, we can, I could get used to this. You hear every single, at least from a fan's perspective. I know it must be tough for the fighter. But from a fan's perspective, you can hear the corner. You can hear, yeah. you know, the fighters kind of jabbing. If they're talking one another, it, it's kind of cool. And, and, and you can hear the, the punches connecting. Yes, yes, yeah. Um, but, yeah, I mean, if, if I'm giving Jose, back to the question, if I'm giving Jose Ramirez the benefit of the doubt, that maybe it was because of that in his first time fighting. I assume he's going to come out better um, in his next fight. I've counted him out before, um, you know, maybe in the Mo Hooker fight. Uh, it's going to be tough, but I, I do like Josh Taylor. You know, no doubt that Jose Ramirez and Josh Taylor are going to become they're they're going to enter the ring the best shape in their life, mm-hmm. mentally and physically, or mentally. I don't know. Physically, they're going to enter the ring in the best shape of, of their life because you know. A lot is on the line. So, physically, they're going to be in the best shape mentally. Um, shit, I don't know. Yeah. So, so, Brandon, so the arguably the third guy, so the next guy up after Taylor and Ramirez, he's got to fight April 17th on Triller, right, YouTube. Um, that's going to be Regis Progray. Right. What are your thoughts on Regis? And he's fighting Ivan Revkatch. Um, That's, that's Progray all the way. I mean, uh, heavy-handed. Uh, decent, good defense, uh, southpaw. The other dude is um, hella wide. Uh, I don't think I don't think he get hit. He's a southpaw too, though. Um, I got this guy knows boxing. I think Brandon's. A, I think Brandon is more of a boxing fan than he lets on. I yeah. I think you've graduated. You've graduated on this podcast. You're not. You, you're going. You're going up. You're more than a casual. Brandon Lee, if you know that Ivan Redcatch is a southpaw, you are a boxing fan, my friend. I only know that because when he fought uh, Danny Garcia, <laughs> he's also a biter. I was gonna say yeah. He's also a biter. <laughs> hey, never proven. Never proven. Hey, Brandon's got the hookup at Showtime. He'll get us the 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 wide angle footage. We'll we'll see from the other angle, Vlad. If you want to argue, uh-huh. <laughs> Showtime, Showtime. Uh, I gotta take my hat off to them because they've always treated me well since day one. Alex, can I ask Brandon one more question, and then yes, we'll let him go. definitely, definitely. So, so Brandon, I, I've been reading a lot um, between between um, Wednesday and today, right? So, I've been reading a lot, and the coverage of your fight has been all over the world. Uh, well deserved. But in, in, in the actual write-ups, they're saying, um, you know, junior welterweight prospect. They're saying prospect Brandon Lee, the prospect. Um, I'd like to know from you, are you a prospect or have you graduated to contender? I mean, no. Uh, uh, I feel like I can't, I can't tell myself, um, or I can't speak for myself if I'm a prospect or contender. No, that's like the same thing that a person can't can claim that they're pound for pound. Mm-hmm. Um, you're not. You're not. You can't claim it. The people have to have to. Uh, that's a ticket for you. I mean, 
doesn't call himself Pounder Pound. He didn't start calling himself Pounder Pound until he started saying, oh, Canelo is my Pounder Pound, and then, uh, you know, the next person and the next. So when it comes to prospect contender, Pounder Pound, you can't, you can't claim it. Okay, that's fair. That's fair. The, the thing is, is that when someone graduates to contender, at least let's say in the media's world, right, in our world, and all we do is talk, you're the one who actually fights. Contender actually means like you are one fight away. Maybe you're going to fight for a, uh, a a title eliminator. Like you're on the precipice of a world title fight. So if someone were to say, you know, in my book, Brandon Lee is a contender. I think he graduated tonight. Would you say, wow, well, thank you. Or would you say, chill, not yet? Oh, most definitely. You know, I'll take the compliment and uh, I'll tell them I'm looking forward to the next fight. Sounds good, man. Thank you. Thank you for your time. Yeah, we appreciate it, man. Thanks for driving, hanging out with us. We definitely got to do it again, man. And um, I hope to see you stay busy, like you were mentioning, in the three to four fights this year. And uh, we'll definitely catch up soon with you. Stay safe and have a great weekend. Sounds good. Thank you for having me. All Thanks. right, definitely. Jessica McCaskill uh, making her first title defense in an immediate rematch against Cecilia Brakus. Um, Hi, hey, Alex, who won the first fight? Cecilia, the, fir the first lady of boxing. Uh, I thought... Thought her work was cleaner. Um, I thought it was it was it was tough to score, so I will give the judges that. Um, but I, I did think she did do enough to win. And you know, usually the benefit of the doubt in those close rounds stuff stuff like that goes to the champ. Um, there's that old saying: you gotta you gotta take the titles. Um, yeah, but that's been that, that theory's been disproven way too many times. Um, well, from a judge's perspective, usually they have that. They have that. You know, it's like you know, Adelaide Bird has said, "I prefer this type of fighter." So, I mean, then there's another judge that says, "Well, I prefer <laughs> your favorite, Adelaide Bird." Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, there there are these things that weigh heavy on on a judge's you know mind. Okay, is the guy coming forward? just because he's coming forward or is the woman coming forward just because she's coming forward, she may get benefit of the doubt. And maybe sometimes, um, you know, that that's maybe overlooked and maybe it shouldn't be like that. But usually is what I'm saying is that the, the, the champ will get the benefit of the doubt. Not to say that it's deserved. I thought that she deserved at least to win a close decision, Cecilia. Yeah. So, so um, I, I, I definitely thought that McCaskill won the fight. Um, I thought Cecilia came on really strong. Um, she's a champion. She's got, she's got tremendous heart. She's a warrior. She's done. She's done great things for the sport of boxing. Period. Not let alone women's boxing. Um, I thought she came on too strong. I think it was too little, too late. I think Jessica just packed away too many rounds. I'll tell you though that um, in the aftermath of the fight, and now you know, almost a year later or so, uh, Cecilia has said, "Well, at the very least, it should be a draw." And again, I, I don't want to um, evaluate her or, or or be like an amateur psychiatrist, but like that when you start saying that. Um, you probably know that like you didn't do enough to win the fight. And, you know, so she's saying she should not have lost her belts and you're saying the same thing. And I don't typically, I'm not disagreeing, but I'll just play a devil's advocate from the perspective of if you did not do enough to win the fight, don't hang your hat on the laurels of having the belts. You didn't do enough to win the fight. So she was a heavy favorite going in, by the way, uh, from betting perspective. So you didn't do enough to win the fight. You acknowledge that. Uh, then whoever the judges say it's fair play and Jessica won the fight and um, happy for her for happy for her story. Um, I'm really pumped for this fight. I'm pumped for the entire card. I'm mm -hmm. pumped for actually all, all the combat sports that are on tomorrow. Um, I'm actually pumped that um, Sir, serving Gisa is fighting tomorrow um, somehow. Um, it, that, I think it's tonight. Tonight. Yeah. Um, so I, I'm pumped for all of it. 
but I, I love this. I love this fight between McCaskill and Bregas. I love that they're getting back in the ring and fighting each other without each having other fights. Mm-hmm. And I, I, uh, I, I think McCaskill's gonna gonna win. I think it's gonna be repeat and not revenge because I think mentally she might be stronger at this point. I think she's fresher with their skills, and I think uh, I think this is just gonna be Cecilia saying, "I need to know if I have it in me or not." She can't mm-hmm. say that today, but she may say that afterwards. Um, I think it, it, this is her litmus test to be like, I got to see if I still have it. I can't walk away because I'm not going to get Jessica back. Um, but I, I think it'll be another close fight. I think Jessica will edge it again. Yeah. And I think it's unfortunate in a sense for her, for Cecilia Briggs, because, um, you know, she was so dominant for so long without some of these other uh, fighters in the game. And then now, you know, the Clarissa Shields and the Jessica McCaskills and the Michaela Mayers, I mean, they're just such a social media presence. They're such uh, a phenomenon inside and outside the ring. And, and Cecilia wasn't around during her um, younger days uh, during that time. And so maybe she's wanting to kind of uh, cash in on some of that. And, and by all means, she should. Uh, but I agree that she's probably like, okay, do I have enough here to, to, to still do this? Because there was, you know, retirement talk. And I think she said something to the effect of like, you know, if I had to pass them on, if I had to pass the titles on, I'm glad it was to Jessica McCaskill. But there's you know no how, right now. I mean, you know how, I, yeah, you know how I feel about McCaskill. I think we talked about her after she lost to Katie Taylor and you were like, you know, what's the deal? I mean, I love her fighting style. I think she's awesome. Um, so I could see her winning again uh, and I could see her, you know, taking off. She's younger. You know, I could see her taking off into more lucrative fights. Um, it will be interesting to see if Cecilia still has that spark, if she can put it all together. Uh, and if she does, wouldn't mind seeing a third one. Well, I think if she, if she does win and, and get her belts back, I hopefully she will do it again. Um, but, you know, she said something in an interview with the zone leading up to this fight that, um, you know, women's equality is, is a huge topic. We saw the Clarissa Shields pay-per-view happen a week ago, and she's a huge uh, advocate for, for women getting paid fairly. And um, and again, it's it's, it's an important topic that should be discussed. But something that Cecilia said as to one of the reasons why maybe it's not happening in women's boxing is that she says something that the old guard is still in charge. They don't like anything new. And that um, women's um, fighting is very popular in the UFC, right? So if she's not the best fighter in the UFC, then Amanda Nunes is the second best fighter in the UFC. Um, not too long ago, Ronda Rousey, if she wasn't the best fighter in the UFC, she was top two, top three, man or a woman. And I mean, she's headlining cards. Mm-hmm. Um, and Cecilia said, well, UFC is new, so that's why it worked. I don't think I agree with, with, with her um, when it comes to that. I don't think it has anything to do with being new or old. I just think that I, I think it's customized to the person. I think Ronda Rousey captured the imagination of the world. I think Amanda Nunez is doing the same. And it's, it's, it's up to, um, to, to the person to be able to do that. Um, I agree that women should get paid more, and I hope that they do at some point. But, you know, I, I don't know that, you know, blaming the promoter is the way to, to get it or shaming a promoter. Right. So, I mean, to, to go back to the comparison with the, the UFC and MMA, Ronda Rousey, I mean, who would you say would be a comparison or do they exist or what type of person, what type of female fighter has to come out? Um, does she have to have knockout power? Because Clarissa Shields is outspoken. She's, she's a winner. 
Um, but it doesn't seem like she has that knockout power. So maybe that won't convert into uh, butts in the seat. Yeah. It's, in the seats. So. Things about that. Um, it, it, it's not fair um, for the knockout. Power. Uh, yeah. I mean, look, and Wolf has one of the most devastating knockouts in pro boxing history. And um, it didn't make her a boxing star with casuals. Right. So mm -hmm. um, the knockout thing is unfair for a lot of reasons. I might even want to get into the, the part of the strength. I mean, if you give women an extra minute in a round, I mean, they may get a knockout. Like just when you get someone on the ropes and the, the round's over, I mean, that, it, it, that does change the dynamics and, and women have asked for uh, for, for three women rounds and they're, they're championing it. And one day they may get it. Well, yeah, so, and Esparza fought three minute rounds and then Shields made mention of it in her post-fight interview the other day when she fought. She's like, it's true. hard. It's hard when you're fighting in two minutes, she's headbutting me half the round and then they're pulling us apart the other half. Yeah. And, and look, you know, you hit someone with a body shot, they're hurt. Um, they can recover if they can go back to their corner. If there's another minute left, we hear it, we hear it in, in men's boxing all the time. Sometimes. There's still, you know, a minute left to go in a round, right? And can the person recover? So I think the knockout thing is unfair to ask of women. Um, I, I think like in the case of Clarissa, and I've said this before, she needs a rival. Um, and again, it's not, it's not her fault that she's that good. She is phenomenal. Um, it'd be great if she had a rival that that could you know push her and 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 do something. Um, but it, it's to the person. The thing about like Ronda Rousey or Amanda Nunez, who has losses on her record, is that when they step in the octagon, for the most part, there's no like gimme fights. Like you know with, you know building up. Like, Clarissa moved very quickly, and she deserves to move quickly. Two-time Olympic gold medalist. But in boxing, period. You know, men or women. Like we just had a conversation with Brandon Lee. Look at the fights he has. He doesn't want to even say if he's a prospect or a contender. He's still a prospect 20 fights in. Ronda Rousey can walk in her third MMA fight, and she can get beaten. She can get hurt. She can get destroyed. And the fans know that. Like, every fight that they have in the octagon, they could lose, and they do lose. Look what happened to Conor McGregor a few months ago. Um, everyone in the world, most people bet on Conor McGregor to win the fight. And, and, and he lost because that's what happens in the octagon. It doesn't happen in boxing. So well. then it's, I'll, I'll pose the question to you then, is the comparison not fair then? Should we not be comparing boxing to MMA? They're two different sports. I agree with you. No, it, and it's not about comparing it. It's just about to give. Well, it's only that. comparing it because Cecilia Brakis and other people. Yeah, he, he said, because it's, it's a fair question, like women's MMA is popular. Mm -hmm. It's more popular than women's boxing. Why? She said, it might be because UFC is new, so it's accepted. And I'm saying I disagree with her. I'm saying that it goes to the person. There, there will be a female boxer if she's not out there today. It, it could be Clarissa. It could be Katie. It could be Amanda Serrano. Um, it could be Jessica McCaskill. There will be a women's, a women's, uh, a female boxer that captures the imagination of the world. That when she fights, it's can't miss TV from the little girls to the little boys. Everybody wants to watch them fight. The way it's Serena Williams is can't miss TV. It, when you look at Serena Williams, you know you don't ever say, "Oh, she's such a great female tennis player." She's a great tennis player. Period. Mm -hmm. um, so we like we you know, Clarissa. I think why I want to speak for her, but she wants to get to the point where she's not considered a women's fighter. Like she she wants to be in the ring ratings as the top ten, and that is she should aspire to that. I'm just saying that if you put any female boxer as a headliner in Staples Center, MGM Grand, or Madison Square Garden, will they sell tickets? Will a network want to pay millions of dollars to broadcast it? You have to answer those questions, yes, before you look at Eddie Hearn or Bob Arum and say, hey, why aren't you paying them $5 million? Mm -hmm. Why would I pay them $5 million? Why would I pay anyone $5 million? Now, 
The flip side to that is why is Devin Haney making $3 million? Clarissa has done more in a sport of boxing than Devin Haney, but Devin Haney's making $3 million and Clarissa, I, I don't know if she's making $3 million. She might, but, but that's the salient point there. Um, you have to put them in a ring. You have to be able to go to MGM Grand and say, hey, we want to bring Clarissa Shields here. How much will you pay us in a site fee? And if MGM Grand says, we're no, we you could put her, we'll give her, we'll give you the convention center. You know, that's then, then you got to go to the promoter and say it's different, it's a different story. So, you know, that's the thing. I don't want to open up a can of worms here. I, I believe that women should get paid more than they're making right now, but it's, it's actually the fans, like the fans that are saying that women need to get paid more, the fans have to pay. You know, and I, and I love yeah, I, I think I said something to that effect earlier to you uh, when we weren't recording, but it's like you, you got to beat down the door with the fans and, and it's not the, you know, because it's economics. I mean, if you've ever run a business, you know, I've been a small business owner for five years. I mean, you're not going to just throw around money if <laughs> you're not. And so if it's a good investment, um, you're going to put your you, you're going to back it. And these women are good investments, but you, you can't just throw it out there and say, just because you're fighting, you, you, you should earn X amount of money. Um, and it sucks for Clarissa Shields because she's so good. But I think, and I agree with you, she needs like that that other person. She needs that rival. I think that that girl is 12, 13 years old right now. You know what I mean? And I think she's, she's going to, if Shields hangs around long enough, you know, someone's going to come along and just be that prolific fighter and, it's unfortunate because there's just not enough competition for her. Um, so it doesn't get mad at me for saying this. Um, she may not be that person that is the biggest fighter in a sport today, period. She, she, just, she may not be her, but she may inspire mm -hmm. uh, an eight-year-old girl, um, whatever color she may be, wherever part of the world she lives in, that girl is watching Clarissa and is inspired and picks up gloves. And that girl is better than any boy that we'll ever see. And she may inspire that girl. And if that girl reaches um, th these amazing heights, I hope that girl says, you know, growing up watching Clarissa Shields, and maybe that's the, the, the food for Clarissa's soul, you know, 20 years from now that she may not have gotten while she was active. I don't know. I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm just kind of throwing it out there and being a little poetic, but um, I, I don't know that Clarissa gets there. She may, I, I do hope she gets there. She's great for the sport. She's extremely talented. Um, and, and, and I don't like talking about like who's the best women's fighter, who's the best men's fighter. I, I am in the camp of boxing is boxing. MMA is MMA. Um, I, I just I we don't know what it's going to take, but we know it when we see it. Mm -hmm. We know when we see it. Um, and, and look, if you could allow me this comparison, um, like why? Devin Haney, for example, can make $3 million or Ryan Garcia is this, but maybe I don't know the answer to that. But I also don't know why coming up you have Gennady Golovkin and Sergey Kovalev. So it's the same. They're on the same network of HBO. They're both winning their fights. They're both undefeated. One guy is a um, worldwide superstar that has security surrounding them. And the other guy, you know, Sergey Kovalev is a great fighter, is a great boxer. He doesn't have endorsement deals with Apple. He doesn't have endorsement deals with Jordan. He's just a great boxer. But one is like that guy and one is Sergey Kovalev. Why? I don't know. But when you look at Gennady Golovkin, you're like, well, there's something. You could say it's knockouts. The other, guys gets, the other guy gets knockouts too. He wasn't supposed to beat Bernard Hopkins. He beat him. Um, he goes around, he fights in people's hometown, Kovalev, and wins there too. But there was something going on when they were both coming up on HBO where one was a mega superstar the world over and one was just just not. Like he has to go 
to Wales to fight. He has to go to Montreal to fight. He has to go to Atlantic City to fight um, Hopkins because otherwise there's there's no money, there's no fight where Triple G can sell out anywhere he goes and it's the Triple G show. I don't know the reason, but we know when we see it. I don't know what it's going to take for Clarissa to be that person. I don't know, but I just know that when we when we see it, we'll we'll point to it and say that's what it is. Yeah, that's that's a lot of um, information there, and you make some very valid points. It's it's really good stuff, um, and hopefully some food for thought for fans that are listening and watching. Um, we invite everyone to to comment and give us your opinion as well. You know, I hope Clarissa does have her time where she she's elevated into like that that talk where you're you're saying one of the best fighters, you know, where we don't have to say one of the best women fighters. Um, she's got another, uh, you know, she's got, I think a movie deal coming out. So she's got, you know, her story will be told because I agree with you. It may be, you know, that she inspires someone else, the greatest, you know, down the line after her, um, you know, she's got a story that, you know, with the Flint, Michigan, the water crisis, I mean, stuff like that happens all over the world. So, why not? Why not as another little boy or another little girl from an, from West Virginia where they've had water crises or from Central America or whatever the case is, sees that and, you know, she she rose above that or, you know, whatever the case is, um, her story can definitely impact. And oh, by the way, she's a badass in the ring. And so um, the one thing I will say is uh, I find it interesting that she's really uh, taking the plunge into MMA. Um I hope that doesn't really, you know, affect her negatively because that's a t like we were just saying, that's a totally different sport. Um, you know, for some, for some athletes, it doesn't, obviously I think combat sports is a little bit different, but you know, you, you saw Michael Jordan in the pinstripes and just because he, he wasn't very good at it, it doesn't, you know, it didn't take away from the fact that you still wanted to be like Mike. And so I, I guess we will see what happens, you know, if, if she still continues to win and impact that sport in that way. Um, so and then we talk about the main event uh, on the zone tomorrow. Yes. Break that down really quickly with quick, some, some quick predictions for the fans so that they, Definitely. they know where to kind of put their money on if they want to, if they want to wager. Yeah. So we got, um, you know, the rematch long time coming rematch Juan Francisco Estrada versus Roman Chocolatito Gonzalez, um, Nicaragua versus Mexico. Um, you know, big fight, the little, <laughs> the little big guys, um, like Brandon Lee was saying, they're firecrackers. Um, I'm just really looking forward to it. Um, I will let you take it away and kind of give your breakdown and prediction as well. Uh, I, yeah, I, I really love the fight. Um, and, and, um, you know, Roman Gonzalez is a special fighter. Uh, I, you know, it's funny. Uh, and I hate to be that guy. I don't know if he was the best fighter in the sport when Max Kellerman was trying to tell me that he's the best fighter in the sport. I don't know that he was, and he wasn't there long enough. Um, uh, when, when, when he had that fateful night. Um, on the Gennady Golovkin, Daniel G Jacobs undercard at Madison Square Garden when he fought. Um, Sister caught serving his eye and got, you know, and he lost the majority decision there, which probably was, it should be unanimous decision, and he got knocked out, um, you know, several months later. Um, but but, I, but I, I love him. I, I always did, and I, I love Estrada as well, and I love Estrada's heart, and he lost to the same guy and came back and avenged it. Um, I, I want to say... Um, Based on what I've seen on this four-fight win streak that Chocolatito is on, um, I believe he's going to win the fight tomorrow. He's a small underdog tomorrow. He's about plus 135, plus 150, depending on the book that you look at. Uh, I think sharp money goes on Chocolatito. I think the fight goes the distance. So any betting guys out there, so that like at minus 250, it's a little bit pricey. But um, I think the fight goes the distance. 
I think that they're both heck of a fighters. I think uh, Roman Gonzalez has one more chapter in his, uh, I guess, Hall of Fame career, and we're going to see it tomorrow. Yeah, I think if I had to pick, I'd pick Estrada just at this point in time. It's just going to be fireworks, though. I, I'm looking forward to it. Either way, I, I can't wait to watch it. Um, I got to ask you, though, is there a book you prefer um, where you do your betting? Because we're looking for sponsorships here. So whoever wants to throw us uh, well, <laughs> throw us some sponsorships. Well, I, 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 I don't do that much. But hypothetically, if I would, um, you know, DraftKings is, is a good one. Um, I, I would say that, you know, DraftKings, um, FanDuel, and um, – even like MGM has done really good for boxing and, and, and they, they'll put fights that are obscure. Um, the one thing about DraftKings is if you look at both the, the zone and the Showtime card, they'll have the undercard guys on there as well. They heavily favor, you know, so when you got Austin Williams fighting and um, you know, I mean, again, they're heavily favored, uh, but you know, it, it's still cool. And you could play with a little bit of a parlay and you could take them together. Um, but I, I will tell you that I, I do pay attention to it. And during the Breakers McCaskill first fight, the books that do, some books will let you do live wagering on mm-hmm. certain sports. One book had McCaskill, um, I want to say plus 200 in that like eighth, ninth round. Um, again, we don't know who was winning, but that was sick, surely based on your premise that, well, the champion's going to get the close rounds. Yeah. Um, she really wasn't a plus 200 at that point in time. I mean, she, 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 she actually was winning the fight, but anyone that was watching that fight, like the first four five, six rounds. Um, yeah. The, you know, they, uh, Mikasa was winning the fight. Um, so it actually should have been flipped. Mm-hmm. Where, yeah, uh, definitely. Coming on. But anyway, um, like, you know, that's when, when you hear the term sharp money, that's where that comes from. You see a McGaskill plus 200 when you know that she's clearly winning the fight again, robberies aside, you put your money on McCaskill, you make a lot of money. But coming into the fight, I believe breakups is like minus seven hundred, which means you got to put seven hundred dollars to win back a hundred dollars. Mm-hmm. That's a large of a favorite Cecilia was. She was supposed to win that fight easily. Um, so just you know, again, food for thought today. Um, you know, Cecilia is like minus one forty. McCaskill is plus one twenty five. So Cecilia is a favorite again uh, to to win this fight tomorrow. So. Uh, We'll see. I, I do, for the record, have McGaskill uh, retaining her title, and I have Chocolatito um, beating Estrada because uh, until I see another man beat him, sometimes, you know, like in that case of, uh, you know, Mayorga and, uh, and Vernon Forrest, Forrest. And, and right, Shane Mosley and Shane Mosley, Oscar De La Hoya, maybe it's just that one guy that can beat this other guy. If they fight five times, he'd be Shane Mosley lost that second fight. That's a whole nother podcast. I don't want to get into that. Um, but no, okay. So if we're going head to head picks, I, I got um I got Estrada, so we're we're on opposite ends in that one. I'll take McCaskill. Um, I think Briggs is gonna give it all she's got, but I'm kind of leaning towards now thinking about it more so that um she will fight hard, but she just does not have enough in the tank anymore. And um, I think McCaskill wins that, but should be a good fight. Both of them will be good fights. Um, I, as far as betting, I've, I've done five dimes. I've done bet online AG mostly. I look at the lines usually on five dimes and that's what I post on, on round by round boxing's Instagram, which I'll go look up some odds and do some posts tonight. After I edit this, chop this up. Hopefully the fans uh, enjoy this. We got the legend Vlad on here. Um, we had the great up and coming 
uh, prospect Brandon Lee, which was very fun the other night to watch him get that knockout. Um, and hopefully we can do it again. We'll bring some other guys on uh, and women as well, hopefully. And so, um, yeah, everyone enjoy the fights tomorrow night. We'll be back soon. Thank you.